want to flip the script on the entire 2021 season? Try flipping the field. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. The Steelers returned to practice yesterday on the south side after five days off in a row. The NFL's labor agreement only requires four days off. Mike Tomlin went the extra mile, and everyone got to sit at home on Sunday and watch the rest of the league play. The top priority yesterday, without a doubt, was stopping the run, and that's to be expected when you get gashed the way the Steelers did in that third quarter by the Seahawks, 110 yards in one quarter on the ground. That needs to be the top priority with a bullet. And according to Chris Wormley, after that practice, it's something that the entire defense is taking seriously. Yeah, I think I think uh, watching the film, that was definitely the, the most glaring thing, is especially those first two drives coming out of the second half. Um, I think we held them like 18 yards that first half and then another 100 plus the second half. So I think uh, being more attentive to details is going to be our biggest thing. Uh, we did that a little bit last week with our with our practice, kind of focusing on that. Um, but yeah, when you have a team like Cleveland that, that's run run first, um, that's going to be our biggest biggest challenge this week is to stop the run with, with the back like Chubb. Well, good for them. In particular, good for him since it was Wormley who was getting steamrollered more than anybody else on that defense. The Seahawks were running right at him, and it wasn't until Keith Butler either came back from a bathroom break or realized that it would be a good idea to have Cam Hayward in the spot where the Seahawks were running to most often. All of a sudden, that whole gashing thing started to quell itself a little bit. They're going to stop the run. I've said that all along. I said it the morning after the game itself. They have the people to stop the run. They have the right mindset, for the most part, to stop the run. They don't necessarily have the right inside linebackers to stop the run, but that's in parentheses and for another discussion at another time. What this defense is constructed to do is to take the football away. That's not an observation on my part. It's certainly not an opinion. It's borne out by fact. Two seasons ago, the Steelers led the NFL with 38 takeaways. Last season, they were second in the league with 27. This year, so far, they've got five. Five whole takeaways. Two interceptions, three fumble recoveries. Now, I don't care who's on your defense. That stinks. Five takeaways in six games stinks. There's a reason. It's near the bottom of the league. But even then, when you look at the other teams that are down there with them in this category, those teams don't have a T.J. Watt, a Minka Fitzpatrick, a Cam Hayward. 
a Joe Hayden, people who have a history of creating takeaways, of being on the football, of going after it. You don't have to punch at it the way TJ did the other day, but you got to go after it and you got to get your hands on it and you got to make plays. This isn't about the standard conversation about how the defense needs to bail out the offense. No, the defense just needs to be the best version of itself. And in this one area, above all others, it has fallen significantly short. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need. And they, in turn, need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you is all it takes to produce five full meals. pittsburghfoodbank.org Let's remember that the single best way for the Steelers to rise up this season remains on the defensive side of the ball. We all talk so much, and nobody more than me, about the offense, about Ben Roethlisberger, about the offensive line, about the tight ends, about the wide receivers. We are fixated on this offense, and that's because we've been that way for a few months. Actually, no, probably for about three years now. And that's understandable. It's been, eh, you know, even when it's been good, it's never really felt all that comfortable. But the other reason was that we presumed that the defense would just keep doing what it's done. Even with the loss of Bud Dupree, we presumed, and fairly so, that Alex Highsmith would be a more than adequate replacement. And if you compare Bud's season in Nashville finally had his first sack over the weekend to the one that Highsmith's putting together in Pittsburgh coming off his best game as a professional versus Seattle. That's a very fair stance to maintain right now. So what's been missing? Well, again, you can point to Stefan Tuitt being out. Of course, I mean, Steph had a monster season in 2020. I don't think it was sufficiently appreciated around here. Tyson Alulu, big, big part of this defense. None of that gashing happens if those guys are there. A lot more four-man rushes can occur if one or both of those guys are there. I get that. I understand it. I understand you don't want in that setting to be sending, you know, Arthur Mollett and whoever on blitzes. You'd rather have guys dropping into coverage and maximize creating turnovers. But at some point or other, the playmakers just have to make plays. One of them has. TJ's still done it. TJ's still done it. Where's the splash from everyone else? Not just Minka. I'm not here to pick on Minka continuously. How about Devin Bush? Devin Bush is supposed to provide splash. You know what I'm about to say now. Yeah, they traded up to the 10th spot. You don't do that to get a guy who's just efficient in coverage, which is 
pretty much what he's been. You do that because you're looking for someone to make an impact, a real impact on the game. When Bush first arrived in Pittsburgh, he was scooping up balls. He was a part of that splash, he and Minka both. Some of that has to happen here. This offense is nowhere near good enough to be putting up sufficient points on its own. When you're going in to play a divisional opponent in their stadium, and you already don't particularly like them, you understand that they're going to be there hanging around till the end, you got to come up with something that's a little bit special, kind of like what TJ did the other day to finish off the Seahawks. More of that, way more of that. And if that means setting up the defense in a way where you bend a little bit, but you're prioritizing keeping back uh, a few extra bodies to try to get that interception, go nuts. Two interceptions in five games. Two. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. This is a real thing, capital S, capital L. It's reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. RJ1Q comes from Gabe who asks, I got a question. Is it good or bad that the Steelers are having their bye week going into the second week of the byes starting up? Or is it more ideal for us now to get everyone healthy because we still got a long season from there? Gabe, I have said for a while now that I... Love the timing of this buy for this team. And now that it was here and we've watched what played out over the weekend, I love it all the more. For the Steelers to have an opportunity to be, theoretically anyway, the healthiest they've been in a while, going into Cleveland where they know the Browns' entire offensive backfield and other components to their offense are really banged up. This is what you want. This is the game out of this whole grouping of games that you need more than any other. You need to get to 4-3. and three. You need to leapfrog somebody in the AFC North to start working your way, clawing your way gradually up to the top because it's gonna be a fight. I mean, for Baltimore and Cincinnati to be the top two teams, and legitimately so, this is going to be a week-to-week gradual thing. Nobody's running away with the North this year. This won't be one of those. Certainly won't be 
like it was last year for the Steelers running away with it. It's going to be a fight. And to have their defense, especially their defense, which has been so banged up or groined out, whatever term you want to use for it, to get out there against a banged-up offense like Cleveland's right now, yeah, that's that's as, as close as it comes to being optimal. Now, who all might be back? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Mike Tomlin has his press conference this afternoon. He's going to give the first update we've had in a while on who might be available, who might not. But one way or another, it's going to be, if you've watched any of Tomlin's press conferences over the years, a situation where we'll let his practice be our guide. And that means that they've got to get out there and work out with the team. Could that be, oh, I don't know. What if Stefan Tuitt all of a sudden were to show up and start practicing? That'd be something, huh? Even if he isn't necessarily available to play right away Sunday, just having him back on the field would be pretty uplifting, and it would have a whole new sense of, hey, this bye week was really fruitful, you know? Gave Steph a chance to have a few more days to try to heal up that knee. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. 